Thanks, a very big welcome to Now That's What I Call Sport on 98FM. 98 FM's Now That's What I Call Sport with Jamie Moore. Hello, good morning. You are very welcome to the That's What I Call Sport here on Dublin's 98 FM. We've got a busy hour ahead between now and 10. We're going to ask Dublin manager Jim Gavin if he cares where his team play after a motion to have the Dubs banned from playing certain All-Ireland games at their home venue in Croke Park was thrown out this week. We'll play in O'Toole Park, Parma Park or any other park for that matter. We'll play anywhere we play. I, I, I've um, I've no particular you know view on it in terms of where they ask us to play. We just turn up and get on, do our best. Yeah, O'Toole Park, Parnell Park, or any other park for that matter. I wonder what he play in Fairview Park. Maybe not, but yeah, great answer there from Jim Gavin. Quite tongue-in-cheek, should I say. The Dublin ladies boss, Nick Bowen, and goalkeeper Kira Trant will also join us after a Dubs doubleheader against Mayo at Croke Park last night. And two wins as well. We'll find out why an umpire had to be stretchered off. 98FM's League of Ireland Sunday will check in with all four Dublin Premier Division clubs and a busy weekend of action. We'll find out about the cheekiest photo involving a League of Ireland player I've ever seen and then one of the cheekiest penalties we've ever seen from Shamrock Rovers' new boy Aaron McInef. I had it on my head because, because um, a few of the lads were a... But I knew my, my favourite side and, and I knew the keeper, well, I thought the keeper was going to dive either way and he did dive to a, a certain side, which I, well, I thought he was going to dive that side anyway, so I had it on my head and I just thought oh, I may as well give it a go and thankfully it went on. Yes, Aaron did a Penenka. If you don't know what that is, we will tell you very shortly. And then it's all about the Six Nations with a host of Ireland stars as our men's, ladies and under-20s teams clash with Italy this weekend. Ex-Lions, Leinster and Ireland man Shane Byrne on why we simply have to beat the worst team in Six Nations history. From Ireland's point of view, they have a bit of a way to go to get back to where they were. So we want to see a very strong outing against the Italians. Very strong. And none of this messing around with them. Like, Italy, you still have to go out. You still have to beat them. You have to stick to your plan. You don't get messed around with what they do. Yeah, great competition as well. We're going to be giving away a League of Ireland season ticket to a club of your choice. 98 FM. Now that's what I call sport. Yes, good morning. You're very welcome to the show. It's just seven minutes past nine in Dublin and Nathan Whelan is up bright and early in his Man United jersey. Always, yeah. Always. Uh, repping uh, my favourite club, I have to say, Jay. So, uh, Man U against Liverpool. Massive game today in the Premier League. Now, uh, we're sponsored by the LFC store, which we, which we always speak about, so you should actually be sacked on the spot for wearing a <laughs> horrible Man U jersey I in w- our studio. I would rather be sacked than don a Liverpool jersey, Jay. Who's going to win? United 2-1. Okay, well, I think Liverpool will win... <sighs> 3-2 maybe I think it could be Ooh, a great game shrewd call. so like yes uh, we're really looking forward to that game and uh, myself and Nathan will be whatsapping each other to and fro as the game is going on as we were last night at Croke Park I was at Croke Park and thanks very much to the Irish Independent for having me in their executive box Nathan it was lovely I'm sure you had to mention that did you we had caviar and all these sort of posh foods it was quite nice I'd rather stand on the hill and cheer on my team yeah well we enjoyed the ladies which we're going to speak about in just a moment but first of all Jim Gavin's team back to winning ways yeah and they definitely needed it it was an impressive performance it finished one twelve to 7 points for Dublin two losses already in this league campaign they definitely couldn't afford another one a goal from Cormac Coslow and a first half penalty save from Evan Comerford helped the boys in blue get back to winning ways yeah, let's hear now from the Dublin manager, Jim Gavin, who's been speaking to our Stephen Doyle. Yeah, I think we, we've got to be satisfied from a Dublin perspective with the, you know, the, the, the workman-like um, performance from the Dublin players. They were relentless from the very first ball. Um, we created a lot of scoring opportunities in the game, which is very, very pleasing. And um, 
obviously we got the two points as well, so we're happy with that. Just on um, Cormac Costa, obviously a brilliant game, game performance tonight. Is it still with the minutes that he's getting under his belt that he's, his confidence is up, or is there something else you'd attribute to his brilliant performances so far this year? Well, Cormac worked really hard in the off season, um, so he's, he's he's very fresh and. Uh, he's obviously very fit now as well, so that, that's great to see. And, and uh, like he, he, he's, he's a very skillful, skillful player. He's work, he works hard at the skills of the game. Um, but uh, you know, you know above all, he's, he's, a, he's a team player, and I thought he set up some, set up some great scores and gave some great assists there during, during the game. So um, you know, from team context, we're very happy. Jim, we're hoping obviously the umpire makes a full and speedy recovery from that incident yeah. during the game. But it did eat into the, the clock for the sin bin for one of the Mayo players is that something maybe that the, the, the head was the top brass need to look at maybe yeah um, yeah I, I, my interpretation of the rule was that if there was an injury I thought the clock was stopped um, that's what I think happened to us up and as I was told uh, when we we'd, um, we'd, we'd, we'd two players um, had black cards against uh, uh, force of black cards against Monon and um, yeah so we were down in man for 20 minutes as such in the game and I do recall the clock being stopped up there when there was a, maybe a stoppage so but uh, listen first and foremost I hope the, 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 the umpire is um, he's okay I didn't actually see it the angle I was at did he get a was it a full, full, full? Yeah, yeah. It was just accidentally, obviously. Mm, yeah, he fell into him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that will be the interpretation. But listen, it's, that's, it's very rare you see that happen in the game. Just hope he's okay, and we turn our best wishes to him. Yeah, the Dublin manager Jim Gavin speaking to our Stephen Doyle at Croke Park last night after the win over Mayo in the Alliance National Football League. Now, Nathan, the umpire got injured, and it was a heavy hit from a Mayo player. And fair play to the medical staff from both Dublin and Mayo who ran over to treat him, and then. When we discovered that he was actually not very seriously injured, the scooter stretcher drove across the pitch to collect him, picked him up. But before they picked him up, they took his white coat off him because they needed someone else to become the umpire. And they gave his white coat to one of the linesmen from the women's game, I think. Okay. Who apparently was the first ever umpire to umpire a match in shorts because they normally wear the black trousers. We had the long coat on down to his knees and then the football <laughs> socks, which, which looked a bit funny. I love the and professional then, game. As the injured umpire was being uh, scootered away... The fans, 30,000 at uh, Croke Park yesterday, gave him a big round of applause and he gave him a little wave which got a big cheer, so we think he's okay. Hopefully he's okay. Just see the thing, if that happened to me, I'd feel the pressure to actually have to go off on the scooter because I'd say he was grand, but you see it coming over halfway across the pitch and you're like, oh, I have to get on this now. I think that's what he was thinking. Yeah, it was one of those moments where he got flattened, but the game went on. So the other umpire ran over to try and see was his colleague okay, but the ref was up the other end of the pitch following the play. As you do. So there was a few seconds before the game was actually stopped and... It was, you know, at the time you're, you were quite concerned for his help, but now that he's actually okay and the scooter came, you're actually going, that was actually quite unique. Because I've never seen a ref or an umpire or anything ever get injured. But we've been having a look on YouTube. It happens in basketball, happens in the Premier League where refs get it. And we're not talking about being assaulted or anything. We're talking about, you know, a a, a, injury. Yeah, an injury that happens that I have to actually be subbed off. And it's more common than you actually think. Yeah, like I, I found one here, uh, Bobby Madley. It was only 2017 he was refereeing a game against Stoke and Leicester and he pulled up 30 minutes in with a toy injury and had to be replaced by the fourth official. It's not. Not a, not every day you see something like that, but it's always, you know, humorous. Yes, yeah, so uh, the uh, very best of luck to that umpire. Hopefully he's back uh, fighting fit and on the 
the goal line for a game coming up soon. Now let's hear from the Dublin man of the match, Cormac Costello. He was brilliant during the game and he spoke to Air Sport afterwards. Cormac, you're making a bit of a habit of this. Last time out in Crow Park, you were man of the match. Same here again, 1-4 for you. You must be delighted with another great performance. Yeah, um, delighted, like you said. Um, to be honest, the most important thing today was coming and getting two points uh, on the board and we're just happy to come out with the results. You know, that platform now that this will give you going down to Roscommon next week, you know, win was needed considering the result in Kerry. Yeah, it was, um, it was a real workman's performance there today. Um, like you said, two points is very important, but that's all it is. Two points is on to the next game now. By no means a classic. Was it tough in the legs out there? Yeah, like Mayo, was, it's always a competitive game against Mayo. Like they're very top, top side, and every time we play them, it's a difficult game. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's going to take an awful lot out on the legs. Great win for the boys in blue. Now, Nathan, news this week, and you're going to need to explain this to me because Donegal put a motion forward to Congress yeah. to not allow Dublin play some games in Croke Park. So last year, for the first year, the All-Ireland quarterfinals were replaced by the Super 8s, which yeah. means that each of the teams in the quarterfinals plays three matches, and then the top two in each group go through to the semifinals. And they play one match at home, one match away, and one match in a neutral venue. But because Dublin used Croke Park as their home venue, last year they played two games at Croker, one at home and one neutral, but at home. And Donegal weren't happy with this. Yeah, well, it seems to be there. Are they the only county that has a problem with this? I they were the heard. only one who, who protested, yes. Yeah, I think it's a, bit, it's a bit ridiculous considering that Parnell Park is their home venue. And if you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, you want the most amount of fans that can go to a game. So I can understand why Dublin are pushing for uh, Crow Park to be used. But it was put before, uh, before GA Congress in Wexford, but it was well beaten. Only 36% of delegates actually went with Donegal on it. So this means Jim Gavin's men will, of course, play two games in Crow Park this summer, should they make it to the Super 8 and um, yeah so fingers crossed uh, we will see Jim Gavin's men play two games in Crow Park yes let's hear now from the man himself who was asked by our Stephen Doyle about the news this week of the protest about the matches well that's John Coslow's you know he remit he's our county board secretary so he represents the county you know Dublin uh, um, Dublin uh, Dublin GEA um, my job is, is uh, my role is I'm a team manager of the Dublin senior football team Um so I've always let the, our, our administrator and officials do their job and I'll do mine to, to the best of my ability. We'll play in O'Till Park, Parnell Park or any other park for that matter. We've, we've, we're just, you know, just, just delighted to be able to get the opportunity to, 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 to involve this team and, and um, so we don't mind if we play. So we'll, we'll, but we'll play anywhere we play. I, I've, um, uh, I've no particular you know, view on it in terms of where they ask us to play. We just turn up and get on do our best. Nathan, I love that line. We'll play in this park, that park, which are actually stadiums that happen to be called like O'Toole Park or any other park. Love to see uh, Jim Gavin and the Dublin lads playing up in uh, the Phoenix Park, wouldn't you? It'd be great. Actually, yeah. wouldn't you? You'd have the... My mind has gone blank. What are those animals that are around deer. the park called? The deer. Deer. And deer, deer Jamie. I should have known that, shouldn't I? Yeah. You could have the deer watching and all the tourists. That'd be great. And they should do an exhibition match there maybe at some Just stage. But Free uh, free uh, match with the Dublin All-Stars. You can't complain. Yeah, now next up for the Dubs, they're going to be away to Ross Common in Dr. Hyde Park. It is a park, Nathan, on a Sunday, March 3rd. And here's Jim's views on that one and trying to make it another win in the league. We'll, our, our, our concentration now is on, on Ross Common. That's just, I'm trying to get a performance there uh, as best we can. You know, it's going to be a really tough game down there. Um, and um, that's just where our focus is and we, we've just taken it one game at a time as we always have in the previous seasons games have gone with us or gone against us you know it's a really competitive league and you have to be on song for each of the games you play and, and 
you know, I said our focus will, will, will shift to Roscommon and that's just where our eyes will be. Now, was it Dubs double header at Croker yesterday? The men played at seven before them, the ladies played at five and it was a great game. There wasn't a massive crowd in. You would have liked more to be there to watch the match because Croker is so big, of course. But the uh, girls in blue McBones team were winners. They were indeed. It was an impressive comeback win over Mayo. Uh, they were trailing 3-2 to 1-2 after 20 minutes but an inspired Neve McAvoy performance. She scored 1-5 to help the girls in blue complete a huge second half comeback to go top of the Little National Football League. The game finished Dublin 1-17, Mayo 3-9. Yeah, and Mick spoke to our Ashling O'Reilly afterwards. So Mick, a great win out there. It didn't come easy. They definitely fought back in the end. Yeah, um, good contest in fairness to Mayo. They put it up to us and they were probably in the driving seat for a large part of that game but look, we were delighted we showed some good character to come back into it. Uh, you know, lesser teams might have just given up the ghost because it is hard work but uh, look there was parts of our game we were delighted with and other parts we weren't so happy with Yeah Mayo definitely got um, a few easy goals has to be said do you think the defence in the first half were you worried at all? We were yeah we were at sixes and sevens but that's the whole National League is about for you know probably we had five girls there this evening so the first start out in Crow Park so all those things take its toll um, and you really don't know until you put them into the cauldron how they're going to perform. So there's no point in training them every week if you're not going to give them those opportunities to play. Yeah, that's it. And I'd say a lot of the girls are probably balancing college. There's uh, quite a number of them with college. Uh, so we don't we don't see them during the week. We give them that time with their colleges until the that competition is over. I think that's only fair. And looking ahead to Westmead now in the next game? Yeah, delighted. So these run of games are great because you're getting a, a great opportunity to give girls games and it's a learning period. So Westmead next Sunday and Monaghan then, whatever, and I think it's a fortnight after that. So uh, a couple of really good games to look forward to. The Dublin manager Mick Bowen speaking to Ashling O'Reilly who also caught up with the Dubs goalkeeper, superkeeper Kira Trant. So Kira, great win. He's definitely had to fight hard to get it though. Um, yeah, it's always that way with Mayo. Um, I suppose we came in at halftime and we were very disappointed with our showing. Um, so we needed a big performance in the second half and, you know, we crept over the line. But one point or more, that's all we wanted. And was it something that Mick said at halftime that pushed us on? No, look, Mick doesn't need to say anything to us. You know, we're mature and experienced enough. We knew ourselves at halftime what the problems were and we were able to come up with solutions for that. So it was just a matter of coming in together and um, gathering ourselves and setting out a plan for the second half and with pre-season how tough has that been on you pre-season's always tough <laughs> it's not something anybody looks forward to um, but no it's great to have uh, so many league games um, and that the league is so competitive it, it's excellent and it really sets you up for championship so um, you know we've had a few tests already this uh, this league season and um, we've Westmead next week so that'll be another test for us yeah, and also a double header here with the men's teams. How big is it for ladies' games to have these sorts of games? It's huge, and I suppose we're very conscious about you know promoting the game when we do have opportunities. You know, and I say the same for the Cork and Tipperary girls playing um, a double header with the men tonight as well. You know, it's a massive opportunity for us to go out and show our sport, and you know we have to put on a show um, to encourage people to come to ladies' football's game. And I think anyone that came tonight kind of got a show anyway. Um, it was a great second half, so hopefully that will promote the game more. But it's, it's huge, and just to play in Crow Park, you know, it's something you dream of when you're younger. You don't take it for granted any time you come here. No, definitely not. And you mentioned Westmead next weekend, so how will you prepare now for that? Uh, we have to go back and learn from today um, what we did well. Uh, can we improve it and then learn from our mistakes? Um, 
and it's just you know we're, we approach every game the exact same way so it's just about getting those little things right Up the dubs well done Kira Trant and the ladies for their uh, win yesterday now the Camogie team also in action today they play Clare at Cusack Park throw in there is at 11.45 they were beaten by Limerick last time at 5th in the Division 1 table, which is actually second last. Now, not fifth, but actually third in Division 1B of the National Alliance Hurling League are the Dubs Hurlers. Uh, last weekend, they were beaten by 20 points to 1-11 in Galway. Today, though, back at home at Parnell Park, 2 o'clock throwing against Waterford. Now, after last weekend's defeat, our Steve O'Connor caught up with the Dubs manager, Matty Kenny. Of course, his first season in charge, and he's been asked about how uh, the team have been playing so far under him and where they're at in terms of their goals for the year. You're only a few... You know, you're only a few competitive games into your tenure, Matty. Do you think is it going to take a long time to close the gap on teams like Galway and Limerick? Like, do you have the players there now, or is this a long-term project over one, two, three years? Look, you know, the when you're when you're in this game, like you know, there's you know, you're always getting ready for the next game, and like you know, um, and the game we're playing in, obviously, uh, like you know, coming down today, like you know, uh, we're not looking for any time. We, we want we wanted a better performance than we give today. And uh, there's probably a number of contributing factors why that didn't happen, but uh, we got to identify them and uh, and try to resolve them and move, move on. Like you know, like you know, you know, playing Galway here today, you know, there's, there's some, something I welcome, like you know, because uh, you know that's where you're going to find out exactly where you're at. And uh, so you know, when you come down down to places like Pierce Stadium, down against a college team like Galway, then then you know where you're at, and uh, you know you're not in any false. False situation, your or false position. You know, so you know exactly what what you're up against, and we know what we have to do. And uh, we just got to get back, as I say, back into the training ground, start working on these things. Just to, you can shoot this down if you want as well. Um, look, obviously there was a lot of talk the last couple of weeks about Jeremy Connolly coming back to Dublin, being in training, that kind of thing. Was he ever on your radar at all to maybe try and get him in with the hurling panel? No, he wasn't. Uh, you know, because I haven't spoken to Jeremy. No, he's. Uh, uh, no dancers haven't spoken. And if he wasn't going to play football this year, do you think you'd be interested in maybe giving him a call and try and get him involved? I, I don't think so. I'm quite happy with the squad I have at the moment. You know, we've a lot of talent and quality in our squad, so we picked our squad for the league and this is what we're moving forward with. Yeah, that's the Dubs Hurlers in action later on today at Parnell Park. Two o'clock throw-in uh, for the Dubs against Waterford in their latest Allianz Hurling League game. Now coming up, League of Ireland Sunday, 98 FM with Bowes, Pats, Rovers and UCD. And then it's all about the Six Nations. 98 FM's. Now that's what I call sport. Yes, we are Liverpool, bar the fact that Nathan Whelan is wearing a Man U jersey. I do not agree to that. I didn't sign up for that. No, you didn't, but the bosses did. So there you go. <laughs> now it is time for this. 98 FM's. Now that's what I call sport. Talks League of Ireland. Yeah, we're going to check in now with all four Dublin League of Ireland clubs on a busy weekend of action in the SSE Artrizzi League, the greatest league in the world. There was five games on Friday night. Cork City nil, Waterford 2. St. Pat's picked up their second 1-0 win in a row away to Sligo Rovers. Bowes beat UCD 2-0, two brilliant goals in that game. It finished Finn Harps 1, Dundalk 1. And Shamrock Rovers in Tallis Stadium, 2-0 victors against Derry City. The First Division also kicked off. And there's also five Premier League games on tomorrow. So we're going to... First, firstly go to Tallis Stadium Shamrock Rovers 2 Derry City 0 Dylan Watts opened the scoring on 29 minutes before Aaron McAneff the former Derry man scored his first goal for Rovers with 10 minutes left with a Penenka penalty Nathan what is a Penenka penalty? I think it's behind is it like one leg behind the other? No no, no, it's not. It's a, a, little chip, dink. a little chip down little the middle. So I'm doing it with my foot. Yeah. I can feel it, but a little yeah. chip down the middle. Keeper dived. He chipped it down the middle, and afterwards he told the Shamrock Rovers Soundcloud all about it. Conditions very windy. Uh, 
we got the ball down and played at time. We're on a good 2 0 win tonight. How do you think we played? Uh, I think it was a scrappy enough game. Uh, conditions very windy. Uh, we got the ball down and played at times, but for most of the game it was in the air and it was a lot. There was a lot of hook-ons and second balls to be won and stuff. But uh, I think you have to just uh, get through them games. And the main thing is that we got the three points. As you said, it was a scrappy game, but that didn't affect the atmosphere. It was, it was your first home game. For Rovers, what do you think of the, the mood on the ground? Oh, the atmosphere was unbelievable uh, from all around the ground, really. Uh, I think the new stand, the fans were brilliant in there. Um, I, I enjoyed the atmosphere, enjoyed playing in it, and um, long may that continue throughout the season. What's it like for the players now when they come out that tunnel and look at the full stand from behind the goal? Oh, it was brilliant. Uh, they, the place erupted, really, whenever we walked out, and um, it gives you a great lift to go and play a game of football. Uh, it's exciting, obviously, and um, now, as I say, long may it continue throughout the season because I'm sure it'll be a great help for us. As for the penalty, I noticed you ran straight for the ball. Normally, Dylan would be on penalty duties, but you yeah. wanted that one. No, well, Dylan was off the pitch, uh, so I knew like someone had to hit it. So I just I've had penalties throughout my career, so I just went and grabbed the ball, took the responsibility, and uh, put it in the back of the net. And I think. When we got the second, they kind of killed the game off, uh, which was important to get the three points. And was it a Penenka penalty? Did you decide that straight away? You were going to hit it that way? Um, I think I, I had it in my head because, because um, a few of the lads would have, but I knew my my favourite side, and and I knew the keeper. Well, I thought the keeper was going to dive either way, and he did dive the a, a certain side, which I well, I thought he was going to dive that side anyway. So I had it in my head, and I just thought oh, I may as well give it a go, and thankfully it went on. So your first goal is against your former team, Derry. Some players don't celebrate against their old teams. What was it going through your mind when you scored? I'm, I, th- I think I'm going to celebrate. Uh, I'm here, I'm a Rovers player now, and I've, I, was, I was at Derry in the past, and obviously it's my hometown club. I've got a lot of respect for the club, a lot of respect for the people around the club. And uh, like I think whenever you come here, you have to go and do your business, and if you score a goal, you're entitled to celebrate it. Six points from six now. How happy is everyone with the start to the season? Well, I think it builds confidence within the squad. Uh, it's two ones from two, and I think just try and keep putting points on the table. Um, that's the most important thing. The games are coming thick and fast, and we'll, we'll need all the squad together. And uh, as long as we can keep working hard and training each day and uh, pushing each other on. As I say, the most important thing is to get the three points each game and uh, they add up towards the end of the season. Confidence will be high now going into the derby on Monday. Oh, well, that's what I said. There'll be a lot of confidence within the lads. Uh, there was obviously coming from last week's game and another one tonight. Uh, so all the boys will be on a high going into Monday. and. For me, it's my first Dublin derby, so I'm excited for it. Now, looking at the League of Ireland table, Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians and St. Pat's, three of the four Dublin Premier Clubs, are at the top with six points each. That's because Bohemians beat UCD 2-0 at the UCD Bowl on Friday. Brilliant goals from Danny Madrow, if I can pronounce that name correctly. I always get that wrong. Danny... Madrio. Yes. Yeah. I think it's Mandrew. I think that's spelled wrong on live score. I should know this. Really? I am a League of Ireland journalist. That so was a great listening. goal, though. I apologise. That was a great goal, as was Dinny Corcoran's two goals in two minutes. And afterwards, at the UCD Bowl, I caught up with the Bowl's captain on the night, Mr. Keith Buckley. Yeah, yeah, it was a good win, you know. Two games, two clean sheets. Um, you know, it's good to get points early on the board, especially against the two teams who everybody's saying that we're supposed to be down there besides, you know. But it could have been different earlier on. I made a mistake in midfield so early and they really should have punished and I was I was blessed for that myself but um, 
yeah, the the goals that Danny Manjo's goal, like he has that in, in abundance. Like he's gonna produce some quality this year in fairness. So that was an individual individual goal that he scored was amazing. Like I, I was just like Jesus. And then yeah, and for Danny's goal, it was, it was a good uh, team play down the left hand side. You know, it was a good pullback by young Paddy Kirk. You know, and Danny's left foot finish is amazing. He, so underrated, you know, in this league, and I think there's only the last two years Pat Hogan has got more league goals than him, you know. So it was um, good to have him get off the get off the mark early on last year. He struggled with an injury the first three months, so it's good to have your striker scoring goals. You couldn't ask for more. The, at the start of the season, games are scrappy. Everyone's like raring to go, trying to get points on the board. So it's good that we um, we got the two games and two wins early on. Yeah, speaking to Keith Buckley at the UCD Bowl after their win on Friday. Now, I mentioned in the introduction to the show about the best League of Ireland photo I've ever seen. And Nathan hasn't seen this, I don't think. Have you seen Keith Ward's tweet? I haven't. Okay. Tell people what that is, please. Your first reaction to it. Um, a bit disgusted, a bit shocked. Um, it's just... I. <laughs> Who is it? It's Keith Buckley. It's Keith Buckley. So he's wearing nothing but the armband and I'm not exaggerating that. And what's the caption? He won't take it off. Yeah, at Detzer, which is the... Uh, Bowes captain Derek Pender who was not playing because he can't really play Friday Monday because he's getting on a little bit there so he's probably starting tomorrow night against Rovers so it's Keith Buckley with no clothes on as in nothing not even a pair of flip-flops and just a captain's armband and afterwards I had to ask Keith because this photo was on Twitter very quickly I had to ask Keith exactly what he was up to because he's a bit of a messer and here was his answer Yeah, that's Ward, you know he doesn't miss a trick I was saying just joking saying I'm keeping his armband on now forever you know, um, I was I had it on all the time as I was getting changed, and he said he has pictures of me in my boxer shorts, and then he said he knew I would end up getting the shower, so he said he would. Uh, he just kept taking photos as I was getting changed. You know, maybe a bit creepy with that, but yeah, got in the shower and everything. I was keeping that on me as long as possible because the captain, like a club like Bowes, like for anybody, it's just amazing. And the light that I've I've done that once, you know, and. Even if we've never captain again, I'm really, really honoured to have such a big club, you know, for one day. Like. Yes, and uh, that photo, Nathan, is still on Twitter. Now, we can't retweet it on 98 FM because we, there's a person with no clothes on, but at kward102, is if, if you want to see that, there's loads of retweets and it's quite funny. Uh, so well done to Keith Ward and Bucko for that one. Now, St. Pat's, the other club from Dublin, won 1 0 in Sligo. Mikey Drennan got the winner with literally the last kick of the game, well, the last header of the game. And uh, their manager, Harry Kenny, spoke to St. Pat's TV. Yeah, brilliant three points. Um, something similar to last Friday, actually. The game was pretty scrappy, not a whole point of football. The win actually ruined the game um, because I know Lehman wanted to get it down and play and a bit like that himself. But um, there was a lot of huffing and puffing there tonight. But I think overall, on, on sort of possession as well and stuff, and great you know, chances that we deserve to win the game. Yeah, the three clubs who won UCD beaten 2 0 by Boza, as we've heard. Here's their captain, Gary O'Neill. Oh, great night. Frustrating. Um, it's been kind of a tough start to the season for us, you know, it's been a, an eye opener. As a, what we're used to the last four years in the first division, it's a completely different ball game now, and it's one we're trying to get used to. But yeah, it was a tough night. Everything's different. Build up the games, atmospheric games, tempo of games. It's um, you're used to. You know, we think last season we played Wexford down in Wexford, and on a Monday there was a bank holiday, and there was seventy odd people there. You know, and last night the, the ball was full, and every game for us is an away game now because everyone last night was buzzing. It was tough. Uh, they scored two unbelievable goals. It's been tough for us, just trying to get up to the pace of things. And 
we're used to dominating games and it's not like that anymore we're used to creating a lot of chances and it's not like that anymore we're going to have to become more clinical and, and more ruthless in both boxes now the greatest league in the world is back and there's five games on a Monday night football special in the SSE Electricity League I'm choking because I'm so excited I can't wait to be at Dalyman Park to watch the derby we're only three games in but it's Bowes against Rovers the top two clash yet yeah, Bowes against Rovers it's the game that everyone looks for as soon as the fixtures come out that's uh, Monday night sold out the day the fixtures came out sold out the day yeah. yeah there you go didn't know that but uh, elsewhere, Derry host Waterford, Dundalk take on UCD, St. Pat's host Finn Harps and Cork travel to Sligo looking for their first point of the season. Yeah, the first division season also kicked off at the weekend. That's Lone Town 4, Wexford Youth 2 was the final score. Bray Wanderers fancy to get promoted, beat Cabin TD by three goals to nil. Drogheda 4, Cove nil was the final score up there in Drogheda. The Cove bus was uh, broke down three times on the way to the match, Nathan. They arrived at like 20 minutes before kickoff and the ref gave them a five minute delay. And did they win? They lost 4-0 yeah, and the club manager Stephen Henderson has been um, having a bit of a rant about it on Twitter which is worth a read. We're going to try and speak to him on our League of Ireland podcast during the week. Shells fancy to win the league at a canter. They were 2-0 down against Galway after 16 minutes. Michael D. Higgins was at the match. A great crowd but they got three goals in the last 16 minutes to win the match 3-2. Dramatic stuff. All the Shells fans on the pitch. Chaos in Galway but a great win for Shells. Yeah, it was indeed. Well, I see that they have a lot of transfers this year, so they're probably still trying to get them gelled together, but I would fancy them going up towards the end of the season anyway. Yes, and the final game of the weekend, Limerick nil, Longford nil, the only game in which there was no goals. So, yeah, next time, lads, try and score a few. League of Ireland on 98FM. The best place on the radio for the SSE Airtricity League. Now, I've been speaking to one of our League of Ireland pundits, his former Galway and Wexford manager, Shane Keegan, just about crowds and the first two weekends, brilliant attendances across all the games, but they do tend to drop off and I've been uh, giving Shane some suggestions. Shane, just finally on the attendances for the weekend, there was just under 18,000 people at the Premier Division games and unbelievable. And of course, the first weekend's always going to have a bounce and, you know, some really great crowds. And the first division crowds this weekend won't be as big, but there will still hopefully be good attendances at all of those games, particularly you're looking in, you know, places like in Galway and in Drogheda. You'd be hopeful that they'll have big crowds. When you were at Wexford and in Galway, I know, I think both teams played on a Friday. Was there ever consideration to play on a different day? And I suppose this is more of a question based towards the clubs around Dublin that, like this weekend, I'm going to go and watch UCD against Bowes, but obviously Shamrock Rovers are playing as well. But like first vision clubs like Shells and Cabin Tealy, I know Bray tried a Saturday games for one season. Um, I just would love them to try a different night and see if there's any sort of a bounce, not just in attendance, but also in media coverage because they might be the only game on that day. Like, I know Longford play on a Saturday and, and Cove do, but the clubs around Dublin, like, there could be four or five games in the Dublin area and at the same time on the same night. Yeah, could, I absolutely couldn't agree more with you on that. Um, you know, you ask what are the logical reasons for that not being rolled out. Like, I suppose if you go... If you go back a good bit, if you go back up, like talking a decade or that, you'd look and you'd say, right, Saturday, three o'clock, you don't want to clash with Premier League games or something like that. There, there's, there's not, there's not a decent game in the Premier League at three o'clock on the Saturday anymore. I mean, any of the big teams that Irish people support now pretty much all play on a, on a Sunday or, or, or maybe a five thirty on a, on a Saturday or that. Like, go for. Something after lunch on a Saturday certainly gives kids more opportunity to, to, to avail of the games. You know, I don't think the Friday night is ideal for, for the younger ones. Um, the only other argument I can think against is is, is um, you get this, you know, you do get people saying that the lights add to the, to add to the atmosphere and add to the occasion and, and maybe that might be why you'd stick to a nighttime kickoff. But as you say, even then, well, right, maybe Saturday night. I, I just think I'd love to see 
somebody up around Dublin try a try a, a three o'clock somewhere between three and five o'clock kickoff on a Saturday afternoon. I think they could really really benefit from it, and I think they'd get a an awful awful lot of kids in, and where they go, then the mammies and daddies tend to follow. You know. Yeah, and if you're looking like I think now with the Sky Sports deal and the BT deal, like the three o'clock games on Sky Sports on a Saturday are not very good. You're looking at exactly you know the, the teams towards the bottom playing each other. Not you know I'm a huge football fan, but I actually wouldn't watch those games. And I I love going to watch live football, and I love this weekend that there's going to be games on Friday and on Monday for the Premier Clubs. But you'd love a first division team, even someone like Cabin they're trying to attract young people. There's nothing better actually on, a, on a, an evening than sitting out on those bleachers in in out in Stradbrook, and the sun is shining down, and you're watching a League of Ireland game. And I'm not saying there'll be a massive, massive, massive increase in attendance, but I just think the overall thing could be more thought out that there's not and you throw in Bray and Drogheda and you know they're just oh, I just don't know why because the clubs can choose themselves when they play and I just think you've nothing to do with even someone like Chelsea they should get good crowds because they're, they're on a promotion push why not try something even the odd time a couple of times in a season as a trial package to see how it runs then for the following year yeah, I, I don't know. As I say, I think a lot of it is just tradition and it's just, well, this is when we play and there's actually not any thought maybe put into, well, when is the opportune time for us to play to try and get the biggest crowd in that we possibly do? It's just, you know, the old, like, do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And if you're historically not getting the crowds that you want, well, then why not try and do something different? Um, I mean, as you say, the crowds last weekend were fantastic and you'd, I mean, you'd really, really hope they're not. They're not. There's no point saying that they'll stay at that level. But you'd, you'd really, really hope that they don't drop off dramatically from there. You look at an example of somebody like DRSC, and like potentially that late goal could cost them a thousand supporters. It shouldn't do, but it could do. There could be, you know, there could be five hundred to a thousand fellas who went and went, oh, their best, you know, I don't think they're going to be up to much this year and, and not turn up again the following week. And that, that's crazy. I mean, I, you know, anybody who's trying to get into League of Ireland or, or coming back into League of Ireland, you know, give your home team three, four, at least three, four games. Don't shy away from somewhere just because they've lost one game. Nathan, finally in our League of Ireland roundup, the new amputee season kicked off yesterday. Yeah, it did. The first week in Ballymun, Bohemians beat Cork City 1-0, then Cork lost 1-0 to Shamrock Rovers before Shamrock Rovers finished off the day beating Bohemians 2-1. Yeah, find at Irish Amputee Football on Twitter and Facebook for more on that. 98 FMs. Now that that's what I call sport. It's time now for Six Nations over the next 15 minutes or so. Now, the Ireland ladies lost 29-27 to Italy on Friday night. Their first ever defeat to the Italians and head coach Adam Griggs has been speaking to RTE. Our defence really let us down and it's something that we've been working on and you can score all the tries you like in a game of rugby and if you don't make your tackles and you don't defend and you don't get up off the ground with urgency, um, a good side like Italy are going to punish you and that's what they did to us tonight. How uncharacteristic is that of this team? Yeah, look, we're still building and we're a work in progress and that's um, something that, you know, we have some inconsistencies with, unfortunately. We all focus on one thing and we get that right and then we kind of forget about the other things. So um, that's a part of the building process, obviously, but, you know, as a coach and definitely as a playing group, we want to be more consistent with what we're doing well and then keep those improvements coming. And unfortunately tonight we just let that slip. Did you think that you might sneak it at the end? Um, ah, you've always got that hope, you know, especially when we were able to turn the ball over. But again, Italy's defence was really uh, solid tonight and it took a lot for us to break it down to even get our, our tries on the board. So um, it was always going to be a dogfight to the end and uh, Italy did well to come out with it. How much work before France in two weeks' time? 
yeah, we don't have long really, and I guess that's the beauty of rugby. You've got to get back on the horse and go again. So uh, we'll we'll regroup. We've got a, a training camp next weekend that we'll go to, and we'll try and rectify those mistakes, and then bring on France. It will be another big test for us. Our under twenties made it three wins from three with a 34-14 victory over Italy, and captain David Hawkshaw has been chatting to Irish Rugby TV. David, uh, bonus point win here in Italy, but um, it was a tough game. Oh, incredibly tough, to be honest with you. You know, we knew going into it how physical they they'd be um, with the size of them and the way that they play rugby. So, um, you know, we're delighted with the win. We're delighted to come out with the, with the bonus points and really looking forward to the next few weeks. Uh, what's what's some of the plans for the next week or two? Um, well, we're off to Ulster now on Thursday and lucky enough to get a, get a session with the seniors. And then after that, heading, into, um, heading back into camp on Monday and uh, getting ready to go back home to Cork and a uh, great game against France. Now, Nathan, we needed England to slip up in the senior men's game after they beat us, and they did. They did indeed, but in the early kickoff, France secured a bonus point win over Scotland. They won 27-10 in Paris, but yeah, as you said, what a game yesterday as Wales beat England in Cardiff. Two late tries from Corey Hill and Josh Adams blew the championship race wide open. Wales sit top of the table now on 12 points, England second on 10. Ireland have a game in hand as they sit in fifth on four points. A bonus point win against Italy would see Ireland jump to third on nine points, it all to play for going into the last two games. Ireland, of course, welcome France to the Aviva before a tough trip to Wales for the final game. Yeah, last weekend or two weekends ago, should I say, Ireland 22, Scotland 13 in the last match in the Six Nations on week two. And we've been asking the head coach, Joe Schmidt, about the confidence boost that gave them after that loss to England on the open weekend. Funnily enough, we, we felt we got a lot of confidence out of the last game as well, Edinburgh, uh, uh, in Edinburgh against, uh, against Scotland. We know that they're a, a really good side and we actually got some real confidence out of those first 20 minutes. You're up 12-3 against a, a team of that quality, I felt we showed some really good resilience to come back and and, and Elsie took his try well on the back of Joey's line break and, and and I felt we we managed that game pretty well considering we needed that result. Now the Ireland skills and kicking coach is Richie Murphy, works with a lot of uh, the players, all the players in fact, and he's been asked about their ambitions to still win the Six Nations. Now this was before England had lost, but he was still saying it was... Uh, all steam ahead, full steam ahead to try and retain that trophy. At the very start, we, we were here for one thing and that was to try and retain the, the Six Nations. Uh, the only thing we can deal with is 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 winning the games that are in front of us and we've always been a, a team that just sort of dealt one, one week in, in advance. So, uh, you know, the Italian game this week, obviously away in Rome, is an opportunity for us to get maybe ourselves back on the horse a little bit in relation to trying to build uh, more complete performance, uh, better than what we've had in the first two weeks. So I think, you know, in relation to the Six Nations, it's, a, it's, it's such a big competition in itself. It needs to be treated like that, you know what I mean, with, with, with the respect that it deserves. And, and we're, we're certainly doing that. Now, Ireland are expected to win well in Italy. Italy are the worst team in the history of the Six Nations. They've been bottom for the last four years and I think, you know, they haven't been very good even before that since the beginning of the competition. And we've been asking, Richie, if they're targeting a bonus point in this game. I think it's the process, you know what I mean? It's going back to the process, you know. Targeting bonus points is, is, is a very difficult thing to do because cause, cause it's it's very much about the outcome, you know what I mean? We've always been a process-driven team um, and we go back to that every, every time we sort of review preview teams it's all about the process and, and trying to get that right in order to take care of the results obviously if we get that right we'll we, we'll create opportunities and hopefully we'll be able to score those four tries but it's a case of uh, us going back to the basics going back to doing what we've done really well in in previous campaigns and uh, trying to just build our performances
Now, the Ireland captain later on today is Peter O'Mahony, and uh, he's been speaking to Irish Rugby TV after the captain's run in Rome yesterday. Peter, captain's run done, all set for tomorrow? Yeah, all done. Yeah, look, just a bit of fine-tuning today. Um, you know, we, we get our work done earlier in the week, and uh, it's just about taking off a few small things today, so um, all done. Uh, hopefully, weather stays like this tomorrow. There's a bit less wind, and we'll be happy out. Tell us about that. It's pretty blustery here today, isn't it? Yeah, there's a bit of a breeze, but... Um, Troy ball tomorrow hopefully we'll be able to throw it, out, throw it about a bit and um, you know play some, play some good rugby Leading out the team for the first time in the Six Nations it must be a, a special day Yeah huge honour uh, you know every time you can pick for Ireland is an incredible honour uh, and I've been lucky enough to captain the team before on a couple of occasions but certainly the first one in the Six Nations and um, you know it's an incredible competition and uh, I suppose it as you said, it's, you're not looking for personal goals, but it's certainly you know something um, I'm hugely proud of and uh, you know looking forward to tomorrow. Now our final port of call on this week's now that's what I call sport here on Dublin's 98 FM. Our expert for all things rugby, Leinster in Ireland, and of course ex Lions man as well. It's Shane Byrne. Yeah, well look, it, it's a fabulous ground. It's seldom full, which is a shame. Uh, you know the the atmosphere is still great there with the brass bands and everybody. Uh, you know, there's noise, there's volume all the time. But look, it's going to just be about Ireland that day. It's not going to be about what they're surrounded by or where they are. It's going to be how they behave and how they perform on the day. And that will decide the result, you know, rather than what Italy do or the situation that they're in. Just looking at Italy's Six Nations record since the year 2000, they've finished sixth from six. 14 times in that period, including the last four years in a row. That on paper will suggest that Ireland will beat them, but what do Ireland need to do and how will they prepare for this game, given that everybody, the man, their dog and everybody else, expects Ireland to win this game well and get a bonus point? Well, from Ireland's point of view, they have a bit of a way to go to get back to where they were. So we want to see a very strong outing against the Italians very strong and none of this messing around with them like Italy you still have to go out you still have to beat them you have to stick to your plan you don't get messed around with what they do and that's what Ireland needs to do but we want it to be a strong physical performance both from uh, you know forwards point of view as it always is against the Italians but also from the backs being able to show that they're in control of the game and they, they can get that scoreboard ticking Shane, finally, the importance of winning the Six Nations overall in this year, in World Cup year for Ireland. Clearly, you know, in public, Joe Schmidt will say and the players will say, yes, we want to win, we want to win all the games and Ireland can still win the Six Nations even though Joe Schmidt did say that, you know, it depends on other results now as well. But it being a World Cup year as well, will the importance emphasised in the camp be as much on winning this competition with the World Cup to come and maybe with some experimentation and getting as many players as possible proper competitive game time before this World Cup? Traditionally, Ireland always puts a lot of uh, emphasis on the Six Nations and we've been criticised over the, the past for not putting a, a plan in place to get us to a World Cup. I think this World Cup we're leading into now is probably the first one that we've really had an eye on from a while back before. So yes, look, the, the squad will probably get exercised a bit more, but because of the England game, we have a different issue on our hands. We need to get back to the form we were at, and that's going to take the senior players uh, and your frontliners to be there to do that. And, you know, Joe has to juggle that and I would expect to see not as much rotation as you probably would have expected in a World Cup year and much more just frontliners going to get back 
into that winning habit. Yeah, great stuff from Shane Byrne and the best of luck to Ireland taking on Italy in the Six Nations later on today at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Kickoff is at 3 o'clock at 98 FM's Will O'Callaghan has just landed in Rome. He just sent me a WhatsApp. I'm very jealous so he'll be at Stadio Olimpico and there'll be updates across at 98 FM all afternoon. Now some ve- very serious business to finish the show today. We have dramatic music, Nathan, because... We, thanks to the SSE Electricity League and the FAI, have a League of Ireland season ticket to give away to a listener for the club of their choice. You can light up your nights with the greatest league in the world and get the real live experience at League of Ireland games across the country. And you have a ball in your hand. We've randomly picked one person from every club that's entered and we got entries from nearly every League of Ireland club. And you are now about to pick the winner. So... do go on. I am indeed, and I'm giving it a good shake and a stir. And we actually do have the p- bits of paper in a glass. So, so go can ahead. Can you give me a drum roll, please? I can, sir. Oh, I can't. I pressed the wrong button. This is disastrous. Hang on. Let me press it for you now. Here should be the drum roll. And the winner is... David McGregor from Blanchardstown for Bohemians. Yeah, well done to David McGregor and his season tickets. Of course, tomorrow night, Nathan, is the derby. It's Bowes against Rovers at Daily Park. Now, it's sold out, so can't promise to be in for that one, but for all the rest of the Bowes games, he'll be there, so well done to him. Well done to David. And a thank you to the SSE Artricity League. More info on SSEartricityleague.ie. Now, that's it for another week on the show. Thank you very much for listening and to all of our guests. More from all of them in the podcast section of 98fm.com. And we're back live next Sunday from 9am, folks. Have a great Sunday. Thanks to Keith and Nathan, and we'll see you then. And up Ireland. Bye. Well, that worked out well, didn't it? The drum roll <laughs> that should have been on during the thing played there. So two drum rolls. Goodbye. Thank you. I'm getting sacked. See you. 98 FMs. Now that's what I call sport.